the 997 sequel Jurassic Park, one at a time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And today we're here to discuss Minute 95 of Lost World. David, trailer free for Fallen Kingdom, come out this past week. Um, you haven't seen it because uh, you're worried about spoilers, and after seeing it myself, I think it's uh, I think it's flown the coop with uh, showing far too much of the film. Yeah, that was something I was worried about, and from what I've heard... That was exactly what it was. I expressed last minute during our, uh, or not minute, but during our sliders uh, special, that I was afraid that because of what I saw in the teaser with the Mosasaur, that this upcoming trailer would have shown just too much. And from what I've seen from comments, and uh, I've recently was made a moderator on Jurassic Park, the group, from what I've approved from the images that i've seen that i've approved it's just it shows too much of the film i think yeah it's just i don't it's stuff that i don't want to see there i still want to be relatively surprised when i go see the movie in the theater and i think this would be too much yeah yeah it's sort of we've had scenes um whether they were sort of uh production photos released or single scenes in the other trailers and i think this last trail has just extended some of those scenes too much um now we i won't go into specifics and spoiler but i think the mosasaur is one of them where we sort of had the had a um in that wave or on the coast Mm -hmm. which one shows that it's back and two shows that it escapes escaping not so much but more so the fact that she's back like we've seen blue the tyrannosaur and other animals coming back. I think the Mosasaur could have been that one item they could have left in their in their secret bag. Um, mm-hmm. Especially since the whole thing's CG. There's no animatronic. There's nothing that could have possibly leaked apart from some plot details. But mm-hmm. we, that that could have been where it sat or stayed at. Well, like you said, um, that was one of the uh, leaked plot details. And so I knew that the Mosasaur was going to uh, escape. Heck, uh, even the Jurassic uh, World, the uh, viral site kind of goofed on that when they first updated it and <laughs> said that it was missing. Yeah, yep. <laughs> but I just didn't expect how how much of it, and I just didn't expect to see this much of it in the movie. I expected it to be like one or maybe even two scenes only. Mm. This seems like, oh my god, it's attacking a beach? Yeah. One did this happen? This is completely new to me, and it's new and scary, and I would have liked to have seen that in the theater. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And with that too, like, the box art has led, uh, teased at the possibility, Mosasaur plus submarine equals something. It's speculating what that could be, looking forward to that scene in the film, and then this trailer just comes out and shows you five or six seconds either side and what that sequence pretty much is and takes mm-hmm. the complete surprise and possible enjoyment for that sequence completely out of the film. You know exactly what's happening, whether it's an inciting incident, whether it's uh, later on in the film. Just you know it's coming, you know it's going to happen, and you pretty much see how it happens in the trailer. So, I mean, this is almost somewhat equivalent to me to the Luke's, to showing off Luke Skywalker versus Kylo Ren in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler for anybody who still hasn't seen it. But... <laughs> There's only two of you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I mean, they did show it, but it wasn't until a couple weeks after the film had already released. Yeah. In TV spots, and I think that it's just something that would have should have remained 
a film exclusive thing that you saw in the theaters or heard about from friends who had seen it and you were willing to be spoiled. Yeah. This just seems like uh, kind of, I don't know if it's, I'd say mean, but it's just something that I wished I hadn't seen. Well, it just seems like production or marketing just go that extra step, um, hoping to get more people in seats when the, the audience is already there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just recently seen, caught up with uh, For Ragnarok as well, and the whole thing with the Hulk in that. If, if you didn't know the Hulk was in the film and didn't see that in the trailers, that would have been a fantastic little surprise. Even going back to the original Avengers film, that trailer clearly showed the Hulk catching Iron Man and sliding down the side of a building and landing in the ground. Now, you get to that final battle and Iron Man's flying off into the, the big hole in the sky and he, mm-hmm. the Hulk still hasn't caught him yet. Well, you know that's coming up shortly. I think that can sort of be flipped around too with Rogue One where a lot of stuff in the trailer wasn't actually used in the film. So it was sort of, you might have been waiting for certain scenes to happen and they didn't. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where it can go the other way too. Like, we might not see the Mosasaur in the beach in the film. That might be just something viral for the trailer that someone took on their cell phone that you see um, during the, the Ian Malcolm courtroom case as to why these animals need to be stopped or something. It could be just something five seconds like that. Yeah. Because um, the footage doesn't look that clear. It sort of looks like it's taken from a phone on the beach anyway. But but that's that's the, that's the third trailer. There's going to be a couple more TV spots coming out. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. One thing we will talk about now and enjoy talking about is toys. David, they've come. Oh, have they come? <laughs> <laughs> I'm swimming in Jurassic Park right now. What, like, I, I suppose the easier one is what haven't you got yet? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I haven't got yet is, I mean, the Stegosaurus, which, frankly, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm going to pick up because I'm not sure about the tail mechanism. It seemed kind of weak, but yep. maybe that might have just been the one that I found. And so I'm going to shop around for the Stegosaurus, maybe, and the Super Colossal, the non-Walmart exclusive version. That's one I still have yet to get. That completely surprised me when I seen photos of that thing on various toy groups. Uh, oh, just that Walmart, too. that Walmart exclusive with the painted-up scars on it. Um, mm-hmm. I saw one at my local Walmart. I didn't get it just because I don't want that version, but oh my god, it's huge. Mm. The head is bigger than my fist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, where am I going to put this thing? Uh, yeah, I, I went to my Target yesterday and they had sort of some of the um, the smaller dinosaurs and the uh, middle-sized ones that have got the biting gimmick, but um, the same ones I'd already brought. There was nothing new there, um, mm. apart from the Lego, which I'll talk about next minute, but Still no sign of the Super Colossal. I haven't really gone hunting too much um, out of my way. Next weekend when I go to town, I'll go and check some of the other stores where I know they've been sighted and uh, hope there's still something there. But I'm really... My number one figure I'm looking for at the moment is that Matchbox RV. Uh, I've seen a couple in my local targets, but I haven't gotten them yet just because I, I I ran out of money. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I massively blew my bed, my budget... <laughs> yeah act like a child again just here i want this 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 and this oh that's how i felt man i walked into the store and i wasn't sure what not to buy yeah i'm like 
I'm just I'm just looking at that. I'm like, okay, I have this much money today. What can I get? What do I have to get next time? And it was just so hard to choose because, I mean, I knew I had the chomping Rex that I was getting from the Jurassic Park collection. Um, so I got that in the mail from Mexico finally. Yep. And so then I also, I had to actually ask the, um, sales associate at Target for the, th- uh, thrash and throw. Okay. I, they did that just the first day when everything was released that, uh, that last Monday and they didn't have anything on the shelves yet. I went thing, first thing in the morning and they just didn't have anything on the shelves. And I was like. I'm looking for this toy. Do you got it? She said, hey, we got two in the back. Let me go get you one for you. So long as it's not street gated, I can get you. I can get it for you. And I said, please, please let it get it for me. <laughs> and I'm, that, but I'm just pacing outside the doors of the back stock room. I'm like, come on, come on. Please. I've been begging for it. And she comes on. She says, well, it's, we're not, we're technically not allowed to. Um, she told me that they weren't, planning on putting anything out until like the 18th but she said there's street dated for the 16th so she could give it to me mm-hmm. so i got it that was the first thing i got was the thrash and throw yep then i went back the and that night i ordered the allosaurus from toywiz.com and the carnotaurus from mattel from mattel.com the carnotaurus hasn't arrived yet that's going to come either uh monday or tuesday Mm-hmm. But I got the Allosaurus. That's a lot of fun. And I got the um, oh that night I ordered on Target.com for pickup in the in the store. And so that uh, Saturday morning or no that Tuesday morning, I got up like really early. It was a bright and sunny day. I don't I can't sleep in on I can't <laughs> sleep in sunny days. It just yep. doesn't happen. So I got the Indominus or not. The Indoraptor, which is so much fun. I think it's the best. I think it's the best figure in the entire line. It's got the. It's got NECA, NECA level articulation. That's the larger one that you can articulate the tail, much like the Fresh and Fro. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's the one that's like super articulated, and I mean, this thing is just like any of the NECA aliens in my collection. I don't have much of a collection of NECA aliens, but if I did, it'd be on par with any of those. Mm. And the thing just, I mean, if it moves like the toy moves and and poses like the toy poses, this this animal or creature is going to be phenomenal in the movie. It's going to be so creepy. I hope, and yeah. this is sort of going back to the trailer a little bit too, because the trailer did show a lot more of the Indoraptor um, around the mansion set and that. Mm-hmm. I hope... The human, the human greed in that has always been the villain of these films. I hope in the end it's not as villainous as it appears in the trailers, um, mm-hmm. or as monstrous. Um, even the Indominus Rex towards the end, it was sort of Chris Pratt was saying the whole film that it's just doing, it's it's acting naturally. It's it's the one of it's the only one of its kind. It, it's getting out and yeah. seeing the real world and reacting to it. It's, yeah, it's it's basically. It's like an infant testing everything, you know. Yeah. It doesn't even know what it what it is itself, and but the Indoraptor, I don't know. I'm kind of hoping for full on monster with this one. Okay. Yep. It, it the way that it po- the toy poses it and runs and moves, you can kind of move the feet individually and make it walk. Okay. And so it 
kind of reminds me of the alien from it. Everybody's been caring, comparing it to the xenomorph from the alien movies. And I got to admit, it reminds me of that. That was going to be my it, next I mean, question. It's this kind of creepy way, you know, mm. I mean, take the, take the Raptor, make it thinner, darker, and just scarier. And you've got the Indoraptor, you know? Yep. yep. And speaking of raptors, I also got the Legacy series, um, that jumping male velociraptor. You can never have too many raptors in your collection, I think. <laughs> I got the, um, I actually went for the Battle Damage Blue. Okay, yep. It's a lot, the paint apps are really good on it. The um, articulation's pretty good. <clears throat> then I got the Baryonyx, the Triceratops, uh, the Jeep. I never had a Jeep in my collection, so I wanted to get that. I got um, Muldoon. Never had Muldoon in my collection, so I wanted him. Yep. Uh, what else did I get? Let's see. Oh, the Mosasaurus. Oh, well. It's huge. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's, I mean, it's got to sit on its on a shelf all by itself. I, can, I cannot fit it with the rest of the everything else, you know? Yep. But, yeah, the Chomping Rex, I think, is another favorite of mine. Just because you can make it and you can... It's posable in so many ways that you can have so much fun with it. I've been having fun recreating the movie poses, the famous movie poses of it, like the victory roar and the the first time she breaks out of the paddock and you she does that famous roar. I mean, it's just so much fun, you know? These toys are phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I think you also posted some photos of it uh, chasing the Jeep as well. Liking that with Muldoon. <laughs> and that's it's just great now finally we can reenact Yes, our imaginations let us do it earlier with the Kenner stuff, but now these figures looking so much more like the characters. You just you're ten years old again, it's fantastic. You are. <laughs> I mean, I when I was standing in the store I said to my friends, I said I feel like a little kid again. I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. You know, I mean, it was like you walk into the toy section, taking a five-year-old into the toy section, and he wants everything. Mm. That was me. Yep. Yep. And but then the uh, adult side comes back and says, "Well, I can't afford everything at one time." Precisely. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the the battle sort of begins. Right. What do I buy now? And what do I hope sort of hangs around a little while for clearance? Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That was the tough decision because mm. I wanted everything and I wanted it now. <laughs> yeah, like popular characters. I want like it, I want it, I want it. <laughs> Blue and the Tyrannosaur, and that would probably sell out pretty quickly. But other stuff like that Green Raptor, the Gallimimus, uh, maybe even the Triceratops might sort of hang around a little bit longer if they've made enough of them. Um, mm-hmm. But you might be able to get on clearance, and, and that way too you can buy three or four Gallimimus and have a little herd of them. Yeah. In your collection as you I'm actually going to wait, I think, on the Series 2 Gallimimus on that because I heard that that one's going to actually be better. Oh, okay, yep. Yep. But uh, another little thing I actually got today was Entertainment uh, Weekly Summer Movie Preview. And, of course, it's got the Indoraptor with Chris Pratt on the front. And Chris uh, Pratt's drink, drinking a margarita out of the <laughs> Indoraptor's hand. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that photo come out during the week. Sort of mirrors a lot of what we've seen for Jurassic World with Owen and Blue, <laughs> Owen standing there with his arms crossed, and the blue animatronic or puppet behind, behind yeah. him. Yeah, uh, it was actually CGI. I heard. Oh, was it? Yeah, that's what I heard. Oh, okay. There's behind the scenes photos, and all you see is 
Chris Pratt in the motorcycle that they digitally added blue in. Oh wow, that was going to be my next question. Was um, is it did they make an animatronic or a puppet stand-in for the Indominus uh, for the Iraptor, or is it all going to be CG? But I don't know. Well, they had that um, animatronic puppet that we saw in the behind-the-scenes thing, so I'd imagine mm. that they used that for these. You know? Yep. Uh, I mean. People were complaining about how, oh, it takes the seriousness away from the Indoraptor. They had that stuff for The Lost World. They had it for Jurassic Park. Mm. You know? I mean, they had... One of my favorite pictures, promo shots from The Lost World, is Ian Malcolm and a raptor animatronic kind of back-to-back like a buddy cop comedy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then going as far back as the original Jurassic Park, they had Lex and Tim... Uh, standing out, uh, standing behind uh, the T-Rex leg, and you they're just kind of sticking their heads out, like, look at the size of the leg, and then look how small we are, you know? Well, there's a lot of photos with that Tyrannosaur foot. You had Spielberg and crew in front of it. You had, I seem to remember a shot of Ellie sort of leaning up against it with a back on and a, one of her legs sort of up on it, like she's leaning on it, looking all, all tough and mean. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it did happen. And, of course, I remember the... Jurassic Park 3 Raptors 2 being in mm-hmm. similar shots with um, Sam Neill on that for promotion there too so mm-hmm. yep. yeah no, it's, it's, it happens people like to forget yeah. that it happens in their favourite films mm-hmm. after you were injured in the park she sought you out and then she went all the way down to that hospital in Costa Rica to ask somebody who she didn't even know whether the rumours were true alright um, anything else you want to bring up there before we get into minute 95 no, I think we covered that pretty well. <laughs> awesome, all 20, right. You know, nearly 20 minutes of it. Yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, that's all right. There's not a lot that happens here. Yeah. As Venom in 94 of the Lost World, Sarah had pushed up against the kiln shed as the two raptors continued to fight and roll past her. As we open on minute 95, the two raptors continue to fight. Sarah crawls forward and rolls through a hole in the roof, crashes down on a fluorescent light, and then rolls out the front window of another structure. For seven seconds, Ian and Kelly are there to catch her and help her to the feet as the sound of helicopter starts to come in over the score. At 94 minutes and 11 seconds, Ian looks back one more time at the Raptors fighting as Nick starts to yell, Come on, let's go, let's go, and we can see the helicopter slowly starting to lower down towards the helipad. As Nick continues to yell, Let's go, let's go, let's go, Ian, Sarah and Kelly run for the operations building. At 94 minutes and 27 seconds, they run through the front doors and are joined by Nick, and they continue on towards the rear of the operations building and the helipad. At 94 minutes and 38 seconds, they arrive at the top of the helipad stairs, where a crewman for the helicopter is waiting, shouting, let's go, let's go, come on. Ian asks him, what about the others? There must be more survivors. And he replies, there's another chopper coming. At 94 minutes and 45 seconds, we cut back to the work of Village Main Street, looking towards the operations building as the helicopter begins to rise into the air. At 94 minutes and 54 seconds, it flies over the ruined fence of the compound, and the camera pans up to reveal the InGen sign. Pans up to reveal InGen, we make your future. At 94 minutes and 57 seconds, we cut inside the helicopter as Kelly begins to cry, and Ian's consoling her, saying it's okay, it's over. And this ends minute 95, The Lost World. So as we've seen last minute, it ended with uh, Sarah had fallen off the roof of the boarding house down onto the ground and the uh, two fighting raptors were rolling around 
beside her. Mm-hmm. We open up here, so she, should, she sort of um, crawls forward a little bit, then rolls on her side, and tumbles down through a hole in the roof yep. of that uh, little structure bridging the boarding house and the kiln shed. Um, mm-hmm. And we get sort of a classic Spielberg time stunt here where it almost goes beat for beat as she rolls, mm-hmm. falls onto the fluorescent light uh, cover, then there's a couple of second pause, and the foot end breaks the, the chain or whatever holds it to the roof breaks off and she slides down it and um, very Indiana Jones or something like that one of those stunts yeah it is barrels through the window and uh, ends up out the street and Ian and Kelly's waiting hands mm-hmm. and it's interesting the inside of this thing if you look if you pause on it you can see there's other lights inside of it you know besides just the fluorescent uh, hanging light there there's three separate lights in here, and they do a poor job at lighting the, the area. Yeah, they do. Well, the two in the back are those, um, are the one's a one of those round cage lights, like what's on the outside of the building. Mm. And another one looks almost like an odd, like a street lamp, like the head of a street lamp. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, I um, look at it. it's almost like the square floodlights that are outside at the yeah, geothermal plant, but just nowhere near as powerful, whether the globe's nearly shot in it or um, there's just a power issue or it's mm-hmm. meant to be meant to be down. But the um, the fluorescent lights are clearly the, the brightest lights in that room. We don't see what they're shining down onto. When the uh, when the end sort of dis- detaches from the roof and falls down, it sort of falls down at the same height as the bottom of the window frame, which could be a table or bench. Um, the camera never actually drops low enough to see if there's an edge to it. Like that mm-hmm. that could be the ground. <laughs> we know we know from outside there's only about a two foot gap from the bottom of that window frame to the ground on the outside of the building, um, which is hardly tall enough for anyone to stand in there. Which again makes you wonder what what that whole area is. Now in the scripts it's called a um, deserted lab, but um, mm-hmm. it's very small, <laughs> very small to be a lab. Um, and then another thing that you can see through the uh, hole in the roof. Is the raptors uh, still fighting? You can see the tail still swinging back and forth. Mm. And that's something that I liked about the toys too. Is the um, male raptor toy I have here? The tail is like a kind of like a really soft final, and so it swings. The tip of the tail swings just like you uh, it does for um, the raptors in the movie. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yep. And there's, there's one, I lightened up the scene just before, there's one shot here I was able to screen cap that I'll post, where it pulls back enough where you can see the rear wall of the kiln shed. Um, and there's just, again, there's no door on that boarding house side that um, we can see here. So it again makes me wonder how you even get into this building, whether the door must be at the rear of the, rear of the building. But I'll, I'll post that photo up so you can see it. Um, but uh, as she, again, when she tumbles through the water, you can see uh, through the window, you can see the corner of the uh, boarding house stairs again, that uh, around Main Street. And as we'll talk in the sliders, that tree or bush that's growing there that seems to prevent you from being able to walk, <laughs> walk up. But um, you can't see the, the operations building beyond. I think it's just out of out of the frame, so you can't really see anything else out the window. Whether whether they use that part of the set or not for it to tumble out of, or if it was just done on a little bit of a stage. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's a good question because you don't see what's beyond there. But in the um, oh wait, never mind. I was gonna say they might have. I mean, never mind. 
he probably just broke the window just so it looked like they did. But yeah, this is very well possibly a stage shot. Mm. Never considered that before. Because it immediately cuts outside where she sort of gets up off the ground as Ian Kelly help us stand. Um, mm-hmm. You only see exit the window from the inside. And, it's, and she's not even close to the window either. I mean, it's yeah. she's outside of the foliage outside the window. So it's like she rolled a bit after she got outside the window. Mm. Yeah, she'd be a good, good meter or so away from the window when Ian and Kelly meet her. But they do, and the music picks up, and... Um, it's only now that we can hear the helicopter in the background as it's uh, arrived on the scene rather quickly and is uh, lowering down onto the helipad. Um, the group sort of run out into Main Street a little bit near the uh, the blazer where they first encounter the raptors. Ian looks back towards the kiln shed for a moment, checking for the animals, but uh, we never see him again. And uh, Nick sort of gets his attention back by yelling out in the background, come on, let's go, let's go. And uh, we start running for the operations building. Mm-hmm. It seems like a handheld camera following them there here as they um, run up the stairs, run up into the building, and um, yeah. meet Nick at the top of the stairs. He's got the torch there, waving it around. But um, I suppose as they're approaching the uh, operations building, we get our probably the closest and best look we'll ever get of uh, that tower and the uh, unused area or the unseen area of the operations building. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see the rows of lights in there, too. Mm. So it's got something in there. It's just can't make it out, you know? Yeah. Like, out there. Yeah, two rows of um, three. They sort of look a lot redder, like a lot darker color light than what the other lights in the building are. Um, that's why I saw what sort of been possibly maybe hatchery or something like that, like incubators, but... Um, until that 4K gets here and hopefully we get a, a nice clean image. It's, uh, all we can do is speculate, sadly. And it's the same with that tower as well. Here we get to see it, sort of the top mm-hmm. of it, where it's, uh, the top part of it's cage-like, but not really a cage. Um, of course, you got the red landing or lights on it to warn the helicopter that the tower's there. Um, but there doesn't appear to be any antennas or anything like that on it that you'd use for a radio tower, so... It will continue to uh, annoy us as to the purpose. <laughs> <laughs> also love here too, as they're running up the stairs towards the operations building, you've got the water reflecting the light um, up on the front of the building. Yeah, that's a nice touch, isn't it? you just got that ripple. It looks, looks fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure where that light's coming from because there's no light on the front of the boarding house there. But I have to say it's one of the floodlights that you see on the outside of the building. Because you can see floodlights on the outside of the building, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's shining down with the water and then reflecting back into onto the concrete. Mm, yeah. But it's just a, a nice little thing, too. Nice little effect. But they get to the top of the stairs and Nick pushes them through towards the helipad and we get one last look at the front doors, the lobby, and move down that small hallway we talked about last week um, behind the comms mm-hmm. room to a door they open that leads out to the helipad stairs. Um, yep. And again, we see sort of that rear floor-to-ceiling glass windows there as the camera sort of moves bef- between a um, the hole in the glass and we get to see uh, Ian and crew running up those stairs and then cut to the top of the stairs where the uh, helicopter's landed and the... Uh, Lodi's there from the chopper waving up, let's go, let's go. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I I don't know if this was actually filmed on top of that tower. I 
from memory or I heard somewhere that when it was being filmed, the helicopter come in, touch down, so you get the exterior shots of them in the village, but um, it wasn't actually shot, because you can't see the operations building anywhere behind them, or well, there's no mm-hmm. light, there's no light anywhere. So I don't know if this was actually on filmed on top of that helipad or if it was just to sim- simulate it somewhere else, where the helicopters come in, was able to land there and ho- um, keep the engines going. Yeah, I'm not sure either, because we do get a nice wide shot of the village here, too. Mm. Perhaps our best wide shot of the village in the movie. Yeah. Yep. But um, Ian, Ian sort of asks, asks the crewman, um, what about the others? There must be more survivors. And he says there's another chopper coming, and they all climb aboard. And as you said, we get this nice wide shot here as we cut back to the end of Main Street, just in front of the uh, front gates as the chopper starts to lift off. And... Um, as the chopper flies towards the end of the street, we uh, pull back and pan up. And I wish the camera was a little bit lower here so you could see more of the street. But it's, um, looking up because we're uh, going to fly over the front fence and see that engine we make your future written on the top of the gate that we never seen mm-hmm. when they uh, entered the compound before. And that ends the uh, the score there too. The score cuts back. A little triumphant beat. But as the camera pulls back here too, you get to see. Um, uh, you get to see the top, the twisted sort of top part of that um, water tower and sort of the roof of the garage and that as it pulls back. But um, we cut inside the chopper and uh, Kelly's starting to cry and Ian consoles her and uh, tells her it's okay, it's over now. And that's where that's where the minute ends. Mm. Um, and if and lastly on the village, you want to talk about before we get into the uh, pre-San Diego script? I think we're good. Yeah, I think we covered most of it in the uh, Sliders episode last week, but... Um, yeah, we did. Yeah. Again, it would, would have been just fantastic to see this set during the daytime. Um, <laughs> both both scripts yeah, had definitely. it... Yeah, both scripts had it all happening at night, so you want that effect as well, with the raptors sort of stalking you through the shadows. But as when we get to the uh, last last time we talked about the pre-San Diego script, uh, it ended with Ludlow being carried off in the jungle by the male Tyrannosaur, and Roland couldn't uh, do anything to save his life. Um, we cut back to the communications room where the rest of the survivors have been held out uh, after the radio call was sent, and um, the sound of the helicopter comes in, grows louder, and as the helicopter sort of hovers above the building, um, rotted pieces of the roof and that start to fly away, revealing the helicopter and the bright searchlight shining down at them. But uh, there's no helipad on the operations building in the pre-San Diego script. No, no, there's not. They have to land on the top of the geothermal plant. It is the power plant, is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because it's described as a free a free story structure at the end of the compound, but um, with a flat roof. But the helicopter goes over there and lands on that roof, and um, survivors start running out of the operations building and um, down Main Street towards the helicopter. And once they sort of get back out in the street, they notice the um, the clumps of lava or stone again, some splattered up against the buildings. And this time, Sarah sort of looks at it more closely. And um, her face falls as she realises it's guano, where Ian replies, bird shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but again, sort of at this same point too, a raptor leaps onto a fallen tree behind them that they don't see, much like uh, in the shooting script earlier. And Nick shouts, who cares? And they start running down Main Street again. Uh, the, laptor, the, ra- laptor, the raptor leaps forward and jumps down onto Dr. Judson, pinning him to the ground. Now, it doesn't actually say here it kills him, but I'm pretty sure it does because he doesn't appear again in the rest of the script. So I'm guessing that's where yeah. the good doctor dies. Um, yep. 
where in the film that was Sarah being pinned down and the backpack was eaten. But uh, Kelly rolls under a fallen piece of shed that's in the middle of the road. Sarah runs off into the car, much like Nick did in the shooting script. And Ian runs off and does his thing in the gas station, um, which we've talked about before in the movie and the uh, shooting script. But um, one thing that changes when Ian gets pushed through that rear glass window, the gas station falls down. He sort of loses um, the tranquilizer gun he's got in his hand, but uh, finds the game. But Nick's actually there to help him back to his feet. And Nick's carrying, at this point, to a bag with all the videotapes that he took footage of the dinosaurs because that's their, that was still their mission to um, get that documentary stuff back to the mainland to stop InGen mm-hmm. from harvesting the island and um, he drops some and Ian sort of helps him pick them up in a hurry and um, he asks Nick where's Kelly and uh, Nick says that she's with Sarah and that's when we cut back inside the kiln shed everything happens there, digging the hole, trying to get out um, and the raptor chasing her up to the top of the house and then while she's doing that, Nick's dragging a badly limping Malcolm down the main street. Uh, they can see the chopper at the end of the street. Searchlights follow on them, and the Raptor leaps, on, leaps onto a rusted jeep in front of them. And um, they move into the nearest building to evade it, which is described as the workers' hotel. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll get to what happens in there next minute. But uh, on the shooting script side of things... Again, we've seen Sarah sort of falling through that hole in the roof of the abandoned lab. Um, falls through much the same way, but uh, lands out in the mud in Main Street. Ian's there to help her as the sound of the helicopter grows and searchlights actually point down on him. And again, he just sort of d- diverts from what we've seen in the film, where again, the operations building doesn't have a helipad. Because we cut from Ian helping Sarah up to their feet and the helicopter's circling to uh, their survivors being loaded into one of the helicopters and um, there's several other helicopters circling in the area as well with searchlights on. And, we yeah, we don't get that long that long shot of them uh, running up the operations building to the helipad. But it doesn't actually say where the helicopter lands, so I'm guessing it's just in the main street somewhere. But um, Ian has his line again about being more, must be more survivors. And um, as they take off, they can see down in Main Street, they can see a few hunters emerge waving their hands, which were survivors of the long grass attack which mm-hmm. is interesting. Like It just shows that not everyone died in that long grass attack. And there's a great line in the script here too. Uh, the streets of the worker village, so long deserted, are once again crawling with InGen personnel, much like it would have been those four or five years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But then we cut back to the chopper, uh, much the same film, much the same as in the film, where uh, Ian's consoling Kelly. Um, we get the line that we see in the next minute of Nick, uh, that's one souvenir they won't be taken with him. But uh, Sarah goes to have a look at the window one last time and they see the Trenosaur down there. We don't get the cut to Roland and Ludlow talking about uh, RJ or the uh, congratulations for bagging his trophy. So that's all in minute 96 of the film, but that sort of happens a little bit later in the script as well. So uh, anything on that you want to discuss before we get out of here for the day? Um, it's interesting because earlier that we got, we got, we did supposedly get a... Um animatic for a um pteranodon attack that where they glide down off a cliff but i don't remember that in either script do you no no that and it's where the ian malcolm toy got come from yeah where it was i believe it was to when they entered the long grass they were running and they had these um backpack type um gliders on or something like that, and um, 
as they were running, because I remember there's um there's concept art of people leaping off a cliff and raptors sort of leaping after them and then falling to their deaths as the people glide safely down towards the village. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know where that concept will obviously come in when uh, Ian had a sort of running through the grass and being chased by the raptors. And it's sort of, even in, in the pre-San Diego script, sort of we do get the, the pterodon stuff at the end, but there's nothing where the people are actually using those gliders, so... It must have yeah, been something very early case. because there's nothing there's nothing in the novel about that either. That's a completely no, yeah, new idea. Hey, there's something created purely for the films, or for this film anyway. I mean. Hmm. Yep. But even then, um, it's interesting because without that shot, without that scene, this is the only scene we get in the Lost World that has um, pteranodons. Hmm. Yeah, well, sort of looking ahead, especially if the pre-San Diego script, there's no, there's no uh, cut back to the island at the end with Hammond's yeah. monologue. Um, that's that's purely Spielberg, sort of calling back to Jurassic Park and and all that. I, I haven't read the end of the shooting script yet, so I'm not sure if it's. I don't think it is because the shooting script is a whole new, a whole other scene that uh, again doesn't appear in the film either. So. Yes, yeah, they cut back, they show the cuts the uh, between the ships and and um, Malcolm making a speech there. At Hammond's funeral? No, at Hammond's funeral. Hammond doesn't actually die in the shooting script. Oh, okay, that must be but the priest. Like um, he's delivering a monologue to, at the, like on the deck of the, um, of the, uh, what is it, the SS Venture? I don't know why I was losing it there. But yeah, he delivered, he's like delivering an odd monologue and the deck of the SS Venture. And for some reason, um, it, just, it keeps cutting between him making that monologue and the ships guarding the SS Venture at sea. Mm-hmm. So then he says that the secret's out and that's the end of the movie. It's like they were setting it up for another sequel. Yep. Yep. That's all right. We'll get to that in coming minutes. Yeah, it's just sort of so interesting how, especially between the shooting script and the main main movie that we got, just how so much of it still changed. Mm-hmm. Um, here being another one, like just here we only get in the mil- in the movie we only get the one chopper come in, land, pick him up, and take off again. We don't see any other helicopters come in until we get to the uh, next minute with Roland and Ludlow. But just having well, just seeing the searchlights for a few other choppers come in and search the area would have been good to see in the film as well. Just maybe to show that there were more survivors there, aside from just helicopters bringing in another army of men that we're going to see next minute, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but um, we'll get to that shortly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, that's minute 95. Yep. All right, guys, let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com. Facebook, The Lost World Minute. Twitter, at The Lost World Minute. And Instagram, The Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, very easy to remember. Right. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Goodbye. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative 
that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life will find a way.